You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We are about to break the surly bonds of gravity and punch the face of God. I wish I was a little bit Left taller. Jab Productions present Edge of Sports bit. Radio, where sports and politics collide. And now your host, Dave Zarn. The Shmada Kid. This is Edge of Sports Radio. I'm Dave Zirin, Dan Baker producing. Kevin McNutt, how you doing, sir? My man. And me, Mark Barry. Hello, sir. Hi. Uh, we are here in studio today recording the day after the massacre in Charleston, South Carolina, leaving nine people dead. I spoke about it earlier today on my Pacifica show that I do with Atan Thomas. If people want to hear debate analysis of this horrific crime they can go there obviously our prayers our struggle our thoughts are obviously with the victims and they're against the white supremacist terrorism that took place in charleston uh we are not going to speak about it on the show on the belief that i actually am am very sympathetic to this that there are very smart very capable people talking about this right now and people can Go to the web and find those folks. And if we could find, if we could provide um, a little bit of distraction for people out there in this difficult moment, that might even be a better use of our time than going over the things which I think should be obvious, but certainly do need to be spoken about again, again, and again. That this was an act of racist terror. That the church itself will not be destroyed by this. That this church for 200 years has withstood racist terror in Charleston. That Charleston is a place that lives on a plantation culture and a plantation tourist economy to this day. All of those things are real. All those things are disgusting. Nikki Haley, the governor of South Carolina, spoke today beneath the Confederate battle flag Mm. to speak about uh, how much she felt for the victims. So spare me that People, that this is history because it's not history it's part of our present and here I am talking about it when I said nope. I wasn't going to I will throw out this sports tidbit though before we go to break and when we come back just you know we're going to talk about the NBA finals we're going to talk about the hacking scandal uh, with the Houston Astros and St. Louis Cardinals and we're going to talk to Shereen Ahmed about the Women's World Cup and of course we'll weave politics into all of these things with Charleston on our minds and the goal is to provide even just a modicum of escape for folks who are like my friend uh, Soraya who works at the Washington Post she said her head is on her desk and she's just crying so hopefully this will help folks like Soraya and we're going to go to break and we'll be back after this 
Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. We are back on Edge of Sports Radio, joined by the coach. Kevin, how are you doing, coach? Doing well, man. Hey, I'm me, Mark Barry. How are you doing, sir? Let's talk some sports. <laughs> and I'll tell you, uh, we are going to talk some sports. Yes, sir. The NBA Finals are done. The NBA is probably both the sport and the league we talk about most on this show. And Mark and I sort of had this nailed. We said that this would be the Warriors in six games. Coach mm-hmm. picked the Cavs. Mm-hmm. And it would be very good to know why <laughs> Coach picked the Cavs and how Coach made that decision so we can assess it and discuss it. But before we do any of that, Coach, I know you wanted to say something else about Charleston. I'm not going to deny anybody the time to do that in this difficult moment. It helps to speak about these things, right. even if we want to give our listeners a, a respite. Right. Go right ahead, right. please. And, I, and I'm not going to belabor it. just that when it happened, Dave, um, my thoughts instantly went to – 16th Street, mm-hmm. okay, Birmingham. Yeah, I have a Baptist poster Church. in my basement, a uh, three by two and a half um, poster of the four little girls. Um, so that's you know, I'm not going to go into heavy details on it, but that's what struck me. You know, I related that this that incident to what happened in 1963, and it, uh, and I just the caption on the um, on the on the frame poster that we have. Uh, it said a single explosion rocked the community and awakened a sleeping nation, and that was '63, and it's apropos for today too. Do you want to hear something as well? Is we know that nine people died. We know that one of them was the state senator uh, and the reverend of the church, Reverend Pinckney. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things we don't know at this point, as we're recording this, about the other victims. But one thing we do know is that. There's a little girl there who survived mm-hmm. by playing dead. Yes, five-year-old. Yeah. Five-year-old. Mm-hmm. So you think about that relative to 64. Is, that, is this what amounts to progress yeah. in this country, yeah. that little black girls now know to hide? Mm. Well, so, and take cover. Yeah, so. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, so. And it's heavy. <laughs> yep. And it's intense. Yeah. Yeah. And there's much to say about it. But at this moment, and I'll tell you this too, if this NBA Finals had gone seven games, it would have been very, very interesting to see what the NBA would have done, mm-hmm. what LeBron James would have done, mm-hmm. what Steph Curry would have done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about the Bay Area. Yeah. You're obviously talking about a progressive hub for right. Game 7. Right. Obviously, the Cavaliers were part of the Black Lives right. Matter movement. Right. Obviously, there is something – it's impossible to separate what took place in Charleston right. with the fact that – uh, police killings have been right. have shown yep. that they view black life as expendable. Right, right. At the least, we would have had to have a uh, moment of silence before the national anthem or something along those lines. There would have been something. Yeah. You, yeah. you can almost right. guarantee it. Right. right. And, I mean, yeah. but but let's. Uh, they should still speak up though. There's a parade coming up in the Bay Area. I mean, they're more than a few, LeBron can get a press conference by coughing. Uh, there, there's more than a few opportunities. So, Coach. Yes, sir. You were wrong. Yes, sir. <laughs> nice segue. Not only did you pick the Cavs, but Mark and I yes. had this pretty telescope down, and maybe Mark and I can speak about why we thought it would be the, the dubs and six. This is the first no, thing I ever got right about basketball. I mean, it, to me, it was a pretty easy guess, six, because you ask yourself the question, can LeBron 
drag two wins out of this team when the Golden State Warriors did not have one player. And by the way, the first team in since the 91 Bulls that we can say this about did not have one player who won a, who had a ring on their roster. Right. Not one. First Experience. team since the 91 mm-hmm. Bulls. Right. right. And we all know that, you know, the the adrenaline spikes, the the rim gets a little smaller. Mhm. And it's no surprise that even though he didn't have a ring, it was their most experienced player, Andre Iguodala, who was really able to calm his heartbeat down. Mm -hmm. And he was the only Golden State player other than maybe Sean Livingston, who was consistent for all six games Mm -hmm. and who brought it consistently. I mean, Steph Curry might have been more spectacular than either of those two. But those were the two who brought it for six games. Livingston, because he had a very defined role, and Iguodala, because he's a vet. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. So... Mark, so I, I don't know about you, Mark, but that was my logic. Like, the Warriors have no rings. Oh, LeBron is LeBron. He can drag two wins out of this. Mm-hmm. Coach, how could you possibly think otherwise? <laughs> well, one, it was... Don't say Kyrie Irving. I don't want to... Uh, well, I have to get there because, by the way, he was, when we made the predictions, he was healthy. Well, he was oh. supposedly on the men. But, first of all, I have to disagree with you two. You guys know nothing about hoops, so oh. I, how, how, how dare I so, even think to align myself with you guys? So That's our one. rightness... <laughs> Is proof that we know right. nothing. You were right. Your then. wrongness is proof that you know all. My goodness, you should work for Fox News. Also, emotion was for Cleveland. Clearly, uh, even whether it, it was logic, uh, it's a great story. Prodigal son returns home, lead a championship first in fifty-one years. So I was hoping there. Uh, for, you know, many athletes don't do what Brian did: go home and the Fury with the Burner's jersey and all this kind of stuff. That was so. I was my cheerleader was in me on that. Golden State had no players with NBA Finals experience. Uh, instead of the Dubs, I was calling them the Pups because they had nobody had any 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 NBA Finals experience. Conversely, the best player on the planet, LeBron, had Finals experience. So therefore, I had me leaning toward Cleveland. Um, Golden State had an easy run through the playoffs. If you think about it, uh, help me out, Dave. They had luck. Be- yep, yeah, they, they had didn't luck. have to play the Spurs. And they played and they every. Didn't have to play they had the played Clippers. Spurs and the Clippers, and the teams they played were hurt. Memphis was without Conley and Allen. Allen got hurt later on in the series. Mm-hmm. Houston, a mentally weak team anyway, that shouldn't have been where they were. Harden, Smith, and uh, such contempt for Houston. And, yeah, coach. I don't, never changed. I don't coach. dig them, but they were out. They were they <laughs> were out with season long contempt <laughs> for this. Beverly team. was out for them, so they didn't really have to play anybody tough. Um, and then Kyrie Irving going out, which happened in the first game. And I'm let me as an aside, editor's footnote here. I'm concerned about Kyrie. Kyrie is getting into he's a walking mash unit, and he's been hurt his whole career. And you know how I tie college, what I see in college to the pro. At Duke, he played six games. He could not play. It was questionable when he was going to play in the NCAA tournament. He played. They got upset by Michigan. Uh, so I worry about his health. He is getting uh, Dave into the um, Sam Bowie category. No. Uh, okay, I'm concerned. He's already been an all-star. Look, He's a three-point so shooting Bowie. champion. So did Bowie. Bowie had Bowie some good— was never an all-star. He was never an all-star? No. But I know Bowie put up like 17 in, a, in one of he his better seasons. He was never season. an all-star. Okay. Just put that down. But, 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 but I'm saying in terms of the injuries— he is. He's getting into his neighborhood. I'm concerned. He look here. He's my one of my top three players with Bron and Durant, and I want the the best for him. But I am getting concerned about Kyrie's health. Uh, he, if you aren't there, you aren't there. So how good are you? Um, and therefore, his injury put me in the mode of having to cheer for first team all nutball J.R. Smith, and that ain't happening. And then and, after Ron had and 40. And just utterly talentless Matthew Delavadova. Della uh, see, I'm not going there. The okay. guy can fight. He belonged. He proved he belonged in the league. <laughs> but, again, asking him to do it for seven games ain't going to happen. 
I and mean, it, it, this is one of the things. This was the statistic that I thought was just so stunning. Mm-hmm. LeBron played 275 out of 298 minutes in the finals. Mm-hmm. In the 13 mm-hmm. minutes that he didn't play, yeah. the Cavs shot 17%. <laughs> 17, and in the 13 minutes that he didn't play, Shumpert, J.R., Della Vadova. And I believe it was, it was a, no, a fourth one, too. I believe Tristan Thompson did not hit a shot. I can, yeah. Because he's in a point guard. In the minutes he did not play. He was, he was, even when Kyrie was there, he was a pseudo point guard. So, I mean, they had nobody could literally bring the ball up the court. You might, no, well, not you, but I could bring the ball up the court. And look, and, and after Braun went for 40, 14, and 11 in, uh, in game five and lost by 13, it was done. I, you know, I, as a matter of fact, I was like, let's get this thing over with. Let's just you know, put me out my pain and, and, and let's move oh, on. Oh, I thought it was done when the Cavs won the game and Curry dropped 17 in that last quarter because mm-hmm. like, Curry finally found his shot. And it was like, oh, because everything feeds off defenders rushing to Curry. Right. And if you had everybody like willing to let Curry shoot, then they could slow him down. But honestly, it doesn't matter. I mean, frankly, Curry could have been terrible and the Dubs could still have won. I mean, the Cavs, this wasn't a team. No. no, It I, wasn't I, a team. Um, and props forever for LeBron for saying we had three stars in suits. And it took me a second. I was like, three stars in suits? Who's the third Love one? and Curry. It's like, he's talking about Varejao. And I just uh, love that LeBron <laughs> was standing up for his boy. That's you know? his guy. That's his yeah, guy. Yeah, that's his yeah. buddy. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just love we had three stars in suits. And everybody, everybody did what you did, coach. They went, three? <laughs> All right, coach. You know, it's, uh, you said what you said. I don't even know what to say anything else. Hey, this is Edge of Sports. We'll be back after this. One, two, don't one, two, move. Three, Dave Zirin will be right back with more Edge of Sports Radio. Dave Zirin returns on Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. We are back here on Edge of Sports Radio. We just learned why Coach chose Cleveland. And then the arrogance of Coach to finish his rant with, but I still know more than you both. I mean, I'm still just flummoxed. Good for you, Coach. Flummoxed? I'm flummoxed. I'm speechless. If that's bad, that's good. Yes. <laughs> oh, you truculent man. I know what you're doing. That's an Ali, Ali reference. Yeah, you got Very it, good, Ali Cosell. <laughs> so the second se- segment here is the subject that has really, other than the NBA Finals, dominated the sports week this week. And it's a story I can't decide if it's much ado about something or much ado about nothing. If it's the future of how front offices will do business, a.k.a. industrial computer hacking espionage, mm-hmm. or if this is a one-time hack done by a couple of angry <laughs> 20-somethings. I turned to Mean Mark Barry to explain I'm just the so- St. Louis Cardinal Houston Astros data hack. Please, sir. We're, we're, we're talking about baseball right now, which is fantastic. I'm super excited about this. I feel like uh, in oh, your... Sh- Sorry, we said we are talking about baseball. It triggered my sleep <laughs> reflex. Initially, I want to say that you, you use the term super secret cyber hacking. And I think that that might be a little bit too, a little bit too generous in terms of what, the actual, uh, what actually occurred. What occurred is some people looked through the, the general manager of the Astros who left the Cardinals organization. They went through some of his old passwords and tried some passwords and got into his new computer. So they guessed computer his passwords. System. Yeah. Because he doesn't wasn't really super clear about so different his password passwords. was kind of like Red Sox suck or something or 
what they every, every team has every team's password is Red Sox sucks. We just we gave everyone the entrance into every single computer system. Oh my there. god. We have now committed industrial espionage. But so what happened? That was so, at you, by the so way, basically, David. last year you heard about this kind of not really. Uh, the Houston Astros Ground Control was the name of their computer system that had all of their statistical uh, projections and trade talks and uh, a lot of their kind of scouting. And it was leaked at last year before uh, before they've kind of ha- come on this year. They were the worst team in baseball. Who? clearly ineptly couldn't even keep control of their own computer system. What it turns out with, uh, just this is just this last week, is there was a piece in the New York Times saying that the FBI who was investigating it because though it seems weird and it was just about sports and computer things being being leaked and stuff, it's still a business so it's, it's the possibility of espionage of hacking of things like this so they're investigating it and they've come out and said that they're their investigation is circling around the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, who was the organization that the general manager, Jeff Lunau, of the Astros, was formerly in from the years of 1998 to 2011. And Lunau, yes. correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of like treats people not great. At least that's what we're hearing, that's, that, that... that the Cardinals employee, he left some bad taste in some people's mouths, although what he's doing right now in Houston has just been fantastic. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like it, everyone should probably be looking through those to see what the Astros are doing, because they're obviously doing something right right now. But, yes, the storyline that, that is out there is that Luno was polarizing, that there were people who were trying to settle a score with him. And ultimately, the, the storyline of what the Cardinals are trying to uh, put out of this is that they were they were fearful that Lunau had left the Cardinals organization and taken proprietary information from the team with him to Houston. Now, this is probably... But, but isn't that the team saying that yes. they approved of this kind of hacking? Because I had thought the general manager held a press conference to say... Basically, what people in power always say, whether right. true or false, which is that I was out of the loop. I had nothing to do about it. I, I feel like I they're, try, they're trying to talk through. The they're trying to talk through both sides of their mouths. Like we had nothing to do with it, but I mean, he could have done it as well. So who knows at this point? This is the first instance of corporate espionage, is what we would call it, if it wasn't it wasn't involving a sports league. That's that's happened ever to, to our knowledge, which is kind of a big deal, especially in baseball, considering when you're talking about these numbers, when you're talking about statistical projections. That means more in baseball than it does in any other sport. I mean, you got a 162-game season. Somebody's numbers and what you put those numbers to mean together, what, what's going to be five years from now, that's huge. And how they analyze them might be different from the way you analyze them, and you might learn something from Absolutely. how they're looking so at a player. Whether, whether you're doing it this way, uh, this way or just, try, try, just trying to uh, shame another team, you could be getting a, a competitive advantage that if the Cardinals aren't actually punished for this as an organization, there's no reason that another team shouldn't try to do this. Honest question. Oh, 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 Dave, let me jump in here. Oh, sure. Both of you guys. So punishment, that's what I want to know. What kind of punishment? What, do, what does the commissioner do? Well, right now, uh, it's like this. Honestly, is the first thing that Rob Manfred his bi- first big decision right. as as the, as the commissioner. Well, since the Baltimore, not played since, the since the Baltimore thing. Yeah, you're absolutely whatever. right. I, uh, I, but he's trying to not really say much about it right now. Right. The only thing that's out is the New York Times story. He said that there isn't enough information to really have one side right. or the other on this. But there's a big slippery slope. This is interestingly though one of those cases where the commissioner and normally this is what they do when they want to be mealy mouthed, but where they <laughs> could say we need to let the justice system play itself out before Absolutely. a decision is made. Most of the time that's said as a way to delay, deflect, mm-hmm. and not deal with a hot button issue. 
But this case, I'll bet you Rob Manfred doesn't know how to turn on his own computer. No, probably not. And, so and so it's like, why would you and say And the thing is, is, I think he's a, a computer illiterate. I think he's the I mean, last computer he owned and knew how to function was a Commodore 64. I mean, you're being a bit pejorative, <laughs> but he is old, so probably so. My, that's my only point, is that he's old. <laughs> so the question, so it's like I, this idea of like, is he supposed remark, to understand just from what's in the public sphere whether computer espionage took place? Right. Well, I mean, honestly, this is this may be a realm where the feds are actually should be here because if you take the if you take baseball if you take the teams out of this if you're you throw in random corporation a corporation b and you have someone that previously worked in this corporation hacking through and finding financial arrangements finding communications between different uh, between different companies that could affect how they did business in the future you would those people would be investigated by the feds and could and uh, there are laws existing to send these people to jail for this this is a question given the fact that it would take three Houston Astros franchises to buy one NFL franchise. Why isn't Spygate corporate espionage? Seriously. Uh, I mean, why isn't it corporate es- corporate espionage? These are corporations. They're billion dollar mega corporations. Absolutely. And I so the- why isn't that corporate espionage? We're talking about mm-hmm. what's the difference between stealing plays and isn't that just the version of baseball's plays at the general manager level? You're talking about numbers. You're talking about formulas. It's a good question. I, f- I feel like it's a lot easier for people to wrap their heads around computers and numbers and things that have been taken rather than a play or something that's necessarily happened on a field. But because that it, falls like, under that whole, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. Thing. Right. There's exactly. connective tissue between but, that and Bobby Thompson stealing plays in '51. Absolutely. I mean, guess if you're going to criminalize it now, then everything that's happened in sports at this point is completely into question. So you're trying to regulate the new things and make it fit within what we've what we've had is an, uh, an, an understanding between teams as an acceptable level of cheating. And how do you regulate the new things without stifling innovation? Ugh. I know. I just had to debate a right-wing dude. I'm still getting the taste out of my mouth. Um, Let me ask you this question, though. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons why I brought up the Patriots is that one of the things that people are having a lot of fun with Mm -hmm. is uh, the fact that there are so many photos of Bill Belichick in Cardinals gear. Bill Pelichek loves himself some Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, is it too much of a stretch to say that Bill Belichick, Tony Larusa, two peas in a pod? I mean, Larusa isn't with the organization anymore. Style. No, true. But but this stuff stretches back. Yeah. You might find out. Could be. And Larusa, of course, left his imprint. It's not like he didn't handpick his own team when he left. Right. Dude left with a World Series ring. That's Though how in that same do. breath, if you're saying that, oh, Dan has jumped in no. shockingly. No. <laughs> As Belichick, no. let's discuss. Get him in the age in. argument out. Then do you think computer espionage is in the realm of Belichick? Comparing that to Spygate, which was wrong and <laughs> should not have done for sure. That's let's, looking let's at just hand talk about signals. it being wrong. That's looking at hand signals compared to computer espionage and hacking into someone's system, where I. I don't know. I'm just saying. You could throw the age argument there. I I, I think look, like where do you draw the line? Thinking about this, it's really it's really fun to have these kind of conspiracy theories. And I think honestly, when you talk about the St. Louis Cardinals, you have that kind of smugness that a good portion of baseball fans hate the St. Louis the Cardinals. Best fans, the best in the fans world. in baseball. They do it the right way and all things like that. So it's like this is exactly like Spygate, a reason to try and tear the entire franchise down. Not oh, saying that they don't des- not saying that they don't deserve to be like torn man. down. I. This about haters. They, they, abs- they absolutely should be torn down. But, I mean, they'll be torn down more because they are the St. Louis Cardinals. I, Lastly, I, I, oh, I, I just want to say, interestingly, 
I feel like over over the the past what I can remember, the FBI is really good when they're they're investigating things involving sports. So if we can get more things involving sports like FIFA and like the St. Louis Cardinals, such a good thing. job with Barry Bonds. <laughs> I mean, it, it, educate me, guys. Educate that me. That was a disaster. <laughs> educate me. And it cost a fortune. Yeah, it by did. The way, millions of dollars. Yeah. I don't see how Spygate and this are apples to apples. I didn't say they were apples to apples, but I think they are both fruits. <laughs> I don't even see that. No, I, I mean, see him as this being, seems so much no, serious. Part of Spygate it's, though involves video cameras. Yeah, that's modern but technology. That's no, this. Okay, so what's why is this more serious? Because I mean, you're actually going up into a management where decisions are made and 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 um, things about trades and and moving of players and finances and all that. This just sounds like a whole I much mean, more serious spectrum so, than I mean, videotaping hand signals. I mean, I mean that, I, that's I, something. I, but it, I, I don't, I don't you, understand. You, you have to decide whether in baseball, if it's the general managers and the decisions that actually lead to the wins, or if it's the plays on the field. Because if you have people it, going through and videotaping and sealing those signs, and you do that and you win a game, but if you know this and you no, make a trade, and, and, here's the difference. And Based on the stats, you have three more wins based on it, which is worse. Now, here's the difference, because looking at some signals, you already have the personnel. You win with personnel. Okay, mm. Belichick is a genius because he's got personnel. Does and and huh? Does that work in baseball? Absolutely. I think Moneyball and a lot of these sabermetrics is you but, build your team based on your stats and you get the wins based on that. Which is also why I wonder, how bi- why is it that big a deal to go into somebody else's mainframe if everybody's dealing with the same numbers? But that's a question it's like, I have. It, it's, Are it's people how, operating with different numbers. It's how you look at the numbers and what projections you make based on those numbers. It could be completely different from one team to the other. Damn! If I was doing that hack, I'd be more worried that there would be somebody smarter than me at another place. Who would <laughs> well, take I mean, my and job. again, and again, they hack the team. Not one of their rivals. Not even in their league. It's the guy who used to be part of right. their system. Right. Just because to look at it. This, there's there's so much about this that has the air of a frat stunt. I'm sorry, yeah. but like I imagine them doing this while giving each other purple nurples and wedgies. So you guys, are, you guys don't see this thing as serious. I, I, I think it absolutely is serious, and I think this is the first time that but the next doesn't. time could be a lot worse. Okay. I don't. I think yeah. global thermal nuclear war is a much more serious computer issue. Um, uh, well, I guess I disagree with that. A I don't know. game? There are no winners in tic tac toe. That's what Rob Manfred knows Goodbye, about. Goodbye, Alex Trebek. Let's go. Hey, we got to go to break. We'll be back after this with Shereen Amit. Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. We'll return after this. You're listening to Edge of Sports Radio with Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio just expressing my concerns to Mark that (laughs) he would leave Peel. It'll never happen. Which would make me cry. Um, Our next guest, so happy to have her. She was the person who we kept saying was going to be on last week and then... Our phone system was out, and poor us, we had to do the full show with Kamau Bell. Uh, what a tragedy. But still, missing her was like missing a limb, if that's not too overly dramatic. Just a little bit. Just a bit. Yeah. But I'm still happy to have her on the show, uh, soccer journalist. I'm sorry, football journalist. I will be calling it soccer, though. Uh, from Toronto, Canada, Shereen Ahmed. Shereen, how are you doing? Hi, guys. I'm good, thanks. And we miss you. We drama. liked you better in studio. We liked oh, you better here. I, I loved. I had such a good time. And I'm in D.C. I'm gonna try to schedule it with you guys if that's okay, and make myself from now on. But props to you for seeing football. Oh man, I want everybody to know that you uh, co-wrote this really, really. Oh no, you wrote. Uh, this wasn't the co-written one. A terrific piece for Sports Illustrated on French national team player, and I hope I pronounce her name right, Jessica Huara Domo. I hope I pronounced that correctly. And if you could tell us a little bit about what Jessica did and your thoughts about it, because I thought it was fascinating. 
I co-wrote that with uh, Laurent Dubois of Duke University, and uh, who I met recently in person, finally at a conference on the futures of women's uh, soccer. And it was a really powerful image of that she uh, was part of a series for Surface magazine in France, and she's a really uh, she's a popular player in France, and she's integral part of the team. I will kind of. Um, Humble brag and say I saw her play last night in person in Ottawa. So Yo. Was, yeah, it was pretty thrilling, and I shouted. It's not at a her humble brag. Days. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. It was pretty much my dream come true um, to see these these players uh, in person and to watch her. It was a bit of a blowout, though. So I mean, against uh, the the Mexican Mexico. national team, yeah. but um, it was incredible to see her. And she's a very she's a prolific player. She's an incredibly interesting person. And what the photograph was was of her covered in what looked like a, a hijab, but was probably a hoodie because Nike doesn't actually make hijabs. And uh, she had a veil uh, that was a net, a soccer net across her face that looked like a niqab. And for her to actually do that was extremely poignant and really telling because I don't know if um, a lot of people realize this. Although FIFA struck down globally a hijab ban 2014, France, the Football Federation of France, has still kept that ban in place. Mm. So I bet a lot of people don't know that because I recently researched the whole FIFA ban and then rescinding the ban, and the word France doesn't come up in any of the mainstream media articles. No, I mean, I think the other thing, too, is that because we're based in North America, we might not get as many, and a lot of the pieces are written in French. Mm. and. I think because I have access to read those, and Google Translate isn't always the most effective way to understand sort of the nuances, but um, to understand who she is, because she is of Algerian descent. Sure. And um, to for her to do this picture, it wasn't an issue of cultural appropriation or whatnot, because I would have been shouting and screaming about that, um, was really a very she didn't come out and say she was pro or against but it was a very intense image the, the photograph itself is really fabulous i mean she's a, she's a fantastic looking woman to begin with not that that's the point but just that it accentuated and it could have been construed as a political statement and a very heavy one because france is one of the teams of the ranked third in the world and a lot of eyes are on Team France, like Les Bleus, uh, uh, to perform really well. So the fact that she's making this very public statement in uh, with her head covered is, is, is pretty profound. Well, let's use that as a good segue then, because as you said, to, to my shock, France dominated the Mexican team. I expected yeah, yeah. France to win. I did not expect it to be what it was. Um, first, I might as well ask you, since you were there, how was France able to make the Mexican team look, frankly, much worse than they are. I mean, what was, it, was it that France was so good or that the Mexican team did not live up to expectations? I think it is a great question. It could be a little bit of both. I bought these tickets uh, specifically because I wanted to come to Ottawa, and it was the closest city to me. And um, I also didn't want blowouts. Like I, As much as I desperately want to see Germany, I don't want to see them in a game where it's going to be 8 nothing or 10 nothing. I wanted. To, I thought the matches would be fairly even, and it wasn't. I think there's a couple of things. France was recently humiliated on the weekend because they lost, and nobody expected that. To, to lose to Colombia was embarrassing. And, I mean, Colombia was ranked 28th 
and France is ranked third. It was a national humiliation. Some of the headlines in France, wherever they could get press for women's football, was like, you know, it's an horror or whatever. It was a horrible match. They were really not playing well. Yesterday, one of their star players, her name is, name is uh, Louisa Nesib. Mm-hmm. She wasn't playing. Maybe injury, maybe uh, to, to for whatever reason. But um, you looked on the field, and even from where I was sitting quite high, the athleticism, the skill, and the confidence of the French team was unmatched. And Mexico looked, um, I don't like to say tired, because I think that's an overused phrase in this. They they were not as quick. And I think if you actually look at the comparisons a little deeper, how much money is the, the women's national team in Mexico getting? And Josh Nadal uh, wrote a beautiful article about that and the struggles of women's team for part of the collaboration that I'm on in um, Sports Illustrated. Yeah, I had it's thought had, there was yeah. a reinvestment in women's soccer in Mexico that was unprecedented compared to years past. Is it that the reinvestment hasn't caught up with the play? Because they are making more of a push now, aren't they? They are. There is a reinvestment. That's true. But it's almost like starting, you're having someone who's in kindergarten compete with someone in middle school. Mm. Like That's really what we're looking at it for a very basic comparison. They're very elementary to say very actually. And I think in a couple of years, it has to start somewhere. Like, yes, Ecuador has the youngest coach in in the history of football, but it's got to grow from there. The French national team, they have a professional women's league that's got, like, I mean, uh, Megan Rapinoe plays in France, she plays for Olympique Lyonnais. That's the level of, uh, of of quality and skill we're talking about in France. It's an established league. You know, it has its struggles with misogyny and sexism, of course, but it's established. They have trainers. They have that are committed to the women's game improving. Mexico is not there yet, and it was very apparent last night. And France was not going. To, I tweeted this out. France was no way going to lose to another Latin American team. Mm. They were pretty much humiliated on the weekend. So they held possession. I think almost seventy percent. It was. It was pretty clear, and they were on a mission. They were absolutely on a mission to make a point. Wow. Well, you mentioned Ecuador. They, of course, are gone, but they lost yeah. just one to nothing to the defending champions uh, from Japan. And as you mentioned, their coach, I believe, is just 26, if that's yeah. correct. And yes. so Ecuador is gone. Uh, the Super Falcons of Nigeria with FIFA Player of the Year, Asisat Oshoala. Yeah. Um, they're gone, which is a shame because I wanted to see Nigeria make a run uh, for no other reason so I could root for the Super Falcons because that's just cool. Um, But it raises that issue now that they're gone. Yeah. I mean, we we, we look to, I mean, Cameroon's been doing beautifully. They beat uh, Switzerland on uh, uh, Tuesday, I believe. And, uh, you know, the, the Cameroonians are still in there. And Asisat was voted. She wasn't voted FIFA Player of the Year. She was voted by BBC as the Player of the Year, which is still quite huge. She plays for Liverpool. And um, right. it's a fan-chosen fan award. And that's extremely meaningful for for the first award ever to be given, awarded to a player of African descent. No, she's not descent. She's African. She's from Nigeria. Is a really big deal. And she's only 20. Like, it's it's pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I'm glad, and, I'm um, glad you made that distinguishing point because there is, there ha- we have seen this effort by the Europe, by, by players of African descent, particularly Iger- Algeria and France, who become almost appropriated. And it's like, you're French now that you're successful. You're French now that you've won this award. And for her to be so clearly and explicitly Nigerian and to win a fan award, that's huge. Yeah. 
It was in the video of her uh, actually getting the award. It was presented to her by a journalist named Caroline Rigby for the BBC. It, 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 I teared up because she's incredibly humble. And for her to win it, I think she teared up as well. Like, it's incredibly moving. And what it shows is that there's not this world dominance by these football superpowers. And she's up and coming, and it, there's, there is growth, there's potential, there's development. And, I mean, football in Africa is played by millions of women. Is it supported mm-hmm. the way it ought to be? Um, and, you know, and you had a lot of, I was following a lot of uh, Cameroonian tweeters who were so elated by their, their women winning. And they were like, the men are terrible and the women are winning. And uh, you have to even look at look at the funding sources. For me, it always comes down to the crooks of funding inequality. It looks mm-hmm. to no no national federation of football in the world equally funds the men and the women. How are we expecting the game to grow for women? Exactly, which is why it's so maddening when Sepp Blatter would call himself the godfather of women's <laughs> soccer. It's like, yes, women's soccer has exploded in spite of you. Get this through <laughs> your head. In I mean, spite of you. I've heard today he's lawyered up, and so we'll see what the godfather and his conciliary does for him, yeah, I guess you seriously. could say, but... But it's it's ridiculous, and I think in spite exactly what you said, and your piece on him was so it was fantastic. I loved it. This game is so much bigger than him, yep. and he, he no one is bigger no one is bigger than the game. And for this to have been have been achieved, and there's so many things, there's so many different aspects of the women's game. There's a campaign that Moya Dodd, who is a, a, a female, um, she's a, on the executive committee. She's an incredible advocate. She has been working and in touch with Iranian campaigners to have women go to stadiums. There's uh, there's issues about protecting um, uh, queer players in uh, like LGBT players in Tanzania. I mean, there's there's all these issues that she's involved with that really work around the game and the sport and I think they're they're absolutely correlated and women develop women's development in Canada and, and the United States and stuff like this like it's really important and it's it's really easy and sometimes I feel sorry for the men players because it's really easy for us as women and as players and advocates to separate ourselves from FIFA because we have grown in spite of them. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, last night there was 21,000 people in Ottawa in the stadium cheering the Korean women's team because I saw the Korean match as well in Spain. And to cheer for a team that's very little known in North America, it was an incredible experience wow. to have people. like, And it was probably one of the most profound things I've experienced to root for a team you don't know just because of the joy. And that is wonderful. So we've, that's beautifully put. Uh, we only have about 90 seconds left. We're in the knockout round. <laughs> Who do you like? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say Canada because, you know, hometown, oh home girl, like the my nationalism country. from Sharif. Nationalism from me. Um, the first Germany world nationalism. Is, but Germany, go ahead, though, I think I told you this privately, but it's okay. I'll, I'll let it out now. Uh, <laughs> Germany. Germany. I'd put my money on Germany. Yeah. So Germany is where you think the smart money is. And I will ask you this, though, um, and it's not going to be about the United States because I did promise we wouldn't talk about it. We wouldn't talk but, about it. But that. I did want to <laughs> ask you about a country that has never won this tournament, and that's Brazil. What do you think yeah. Brazil's chances are? Um, I think they're good. I think that, uh, I mean, I love Formiga. I love Marta. I have a Brazil jersey. I wear it proudly. I love them. The sexism that they endure from their own federation is so ridiculously uh, uh, frustrating. 
I'm rooting for them like everyone else. I mean, there's an expression. If you don't root for Brazil, you have no soul in football. I'll probably get attacked for saying that. Oh, please. (laughs) If you get attacked, you will have an army of defenders. Shereen Ahmed, please don't stop writing. Love the work on Sports Illustrated. Love the work you're all doing on Sports Illustrated. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us on Edge of Sports. Can I just, can I just plug Upfront, yes. Offside, hashtag Upfront, Onside. Um, it's a great collaboration with a bunch of people, and uh, if you guys could check it out, that would be so great. So say that again, hashtag Upfront. Onside. Onside, yeah. all one word. All one word, and it's for Sports Illustrated, yeah. Fantastic. We'll put that out as well. Shreen Ahmed, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Dave. Bye, guys. So that's hashtag upfront onside. Shereen Ahmed, always a great guest. My goodness. It's like you barely have to ask a question because mm-hmm. she's got so much knowledge. She's got it. Uh, we got to go to break right now. We'll be back to wrap up the show. Dave Zirin will continue with Edge of Sports Radio after the break. Edge of Sports Radio returns. Here's Dave Zirin. Boom, we're back here on Edge of Sports Radio to wrap up the show. I'll say something very serious and then stay with something a little lighter. Because I really do want to say this to folks. Uh, We've talked about the 1968 Olympics a lot on this show. We've had John Carlos and Tommy Smith and Harry Edwards as guests over the many years. And I just want to point out really quickly about the the Charleston Massacre that one of the shoot, one of the um, symbols that this shooter has worn. Um, in his on his own Facebook page are the flags of Rhodesia and apartheid South Africa, mm-hmm. and that it was a huge part of the '68 Olympics to keep Rhodesia and, and apartheid South Africa out of the Olympic Games, and this is why because of what those countries symbolized. They weren't just countries; they were acts of of racist violence mm-hmm. um, as countries. They were living, breathing symbols of racist violence and oppression. Now, let's take this to something that's a little lighter to wrap up the show because we really, I did, really did want this show to be, to be kinder and, and a little bit gentler in what's a pretty rough few days of news. Johnny Manziel. Uh-oh. Oh, no. We're doing our Johnny Manziel <laughs> oh, update. Goodness. Whoa. Uh, still, still fun. <laughs> still Mark. fun. In the last week, and I just like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like thumbs up, thumbs down, or stasis <laughs> to getting to your goal. The latest news from Camp Manziel is... You sent this to me, braggingly last He time. went to a WWE event where he was called Idiot Face by the WWE <laughs> champion in front of 20,000 people in Cleveland. They, 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 they weren't wrong. He has announced that he won't be doing the money sign anymore right. as a way to show his maturity. Rest in peace. And he keeps fumbling, apparently. He's, and he fu- McCown he, is uh, he, he completing... Fumbled. Much yes. more. He fumbled three of six sh- shotgun snaps. You know what he doesn't have to do? He he doesn't have to worry about shotgun snaps. You know, he just has to throw touchdown passes. So so, let's just line him up under the center. It'll be fine. Three yeah. of six is James Harden territory. Yes. It, it, was the, it, was, it was it was That's the, Andre Iguodala <laughs> it was at the, the foul line. It was the third string center. The third string center. So, Coach, <laughs> yes, sir. is this an up week, I'm out. I'm up out week down week, or same? <laughs> Leave me alone. For Manziel. <laughs> this is your fixation. I'm out of this one. <laughs> Mark, up, down, or same for idiot face? It's down, by the way. But I'm going to uh, have to say down. It's been a down <laughs> week. The fumbles are, are the clinching argument yeah, there. Because yeah. you're called idiot face in front of 20,000 people in your hometown. That's bad. bad. You're bad. Fumbles, though, much worse. Rest in go peace there, to the go. money sign. For all you fine folks, I'm Dave Zirin. We are out of here. Peace! Edge of Sports Radio, where sports and politics collide. Tune in next week and go to edgeofsports.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
Facebook guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.